It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com, or give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. From the Bleacher Report, he's our friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. Happy Friday. How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, so give us uh, your thoughts. Jazz, Nuggets, best of seven series. Give us kind of a tale of the tape. Well, you know, I think the most interesting pieces of this are, you know, somebody who's new to this uh, rivalry, if we want to call it that, and then someone who's missing. So on the Jazz side, not having Bogdanovich, we're really going to see now how much that might hurt them, and I think it will. And on the Nuggets side, it's as if they added a, a, a near all-star overnight because Michael Porter Jr. just made this tremendous leap in you know July, August from where we, he was when we last saw him back in March, and he's been outstanding. And so you know, as I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that, that you know you, we all talked about earlier this season about you know Utah and their their hopes for a deep playoff run and what would happen when they went up against you know, the Clippers with these two elite wings and Kawhi and Paul George or had to go up against LeBron. Well, Michael Porter Jr. is not at that level, to be clear. But he is a a high-scoring, explosive uh, wing who I start looking at the Jazz and think, okay, this is somebody you have to contend with now. In addition to, you know, the the obvious matchup of Jokic versus Gobert, in addition to, uh, you know, Mike Conley and and Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray, um, Porter is just a new element. I don't. I haven't looked up to see what he did against the Jazz. Have he played against them in any of the uh, regular season games in the earlier part of the season? But um, yeah, he's he's really good. He gives them another element, another guy who can create, which is, is just so critical. And I think he gives them a really massive advantage. Howard, uh, one of the guys that we've been circling as important in this particular series is Mike Conley. His wife is pregnant, and obviously no one's going to hold it against him if, if if she gives birth. You know, he's on his way out of here. But wouldn't that be something if the two big acquisitions the Jazz made in the offseason, Bogdanovich and Conley, could not participate in this particular playoff series? It just that's the way it goes sometimes, man. Yeah, look, I mean, even in the best of years and normal seasons, you can't anticipate these kinds of things. But I think in this case, it, you really do just have to shrug. You know, like there's, there was just no planning for a contingency where you're going to be playing playoff games in late August. That, that's not something you can foresee. Um, and, you know, you know, nor could they have foreseen, you know, when this thing was going to get going again in, in terms of trying to plan for Bogdanovich's surgery and all that. So it's unfortunate it, it, it's it is you know it, it's just something you have to to roll with and nobody wants to miss the birth of their child and in a normal playoff in a normal season you would be gone for 24 hours maybe or maybe you know maybe your team is at is home at the time that it's happening and so you don't miss anything at all or maybe you miss a game 
this is a situation where you make a decision to leave the bubble. Now you're missing a week at least because you got to get there and back, and then you got to sit minimum four days quarantine, and the series might be over by then. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's something that they've all discussed, both Mike Conley and his family, Mike Conley and the Jazz, Mike Conley and his teammates. And I don't think anybody would begrudge him that. I, I, I think this is, you know, everybody has to do what, what is best for them personally. I would hope Jazz fans would understand it too. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this unfolds. You know, it's, <laughs> this is not, obviously not something you plan for. I mean, you, you could plan for it. You could plan a C-section, I suppose, and schedule it inside. But um, I, don't, I don't know, you know, if, if they have a sense of, of what the window is or if it's just any day now, but you, you, you take it as it comes. Howard, we just talked to your friend David Locke uh, in the previous segment, and we talked to him about uh, awesome. <laughs> we talked to him about the uniqueness of Nikola Jokic and and his game. And David compared him uh, to a game like a la Larry Bird and broke down for us just how unique his game is. Give us your take on on Jokic and what makes him special. There's nothing I could possibly say that is going to sound more intelligent more descriptive <laughs> and more coherent and articulate than the great David Locke. So, or bombastic. <laughs> whoa. I wasn't going to go there. Um, look, I, 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 I don't know, you know exactly what, what he told you, but I mean, I look at Jokic and I think about, you know, Arvita Sabonis when I first started covering the league and Sabonis was older by then. Right. And so we never saw the best of Arvita Sabonis in the NBA by the time he arrived, but a big man who just had such a gift for the, the, the way his teammates were moving and the timing and court sense and the vision and the anticipation in, in terms of his passing. Like his playmaking was just phenomenal, just off the charts. And I remember talking to the Nuggets a couple of years ago as, as Jokic was first starting to emerge, and they were saying, look, we don't think he's one of the best passing big men up there with you know, Bill Walton and Sabonis, we think he's one of the best passers, period. <laughs> um, and it is. There's just an intuitive sense about Jokic and the way he sees plays unfolding and, and knowing where his teammates are going. Um, it, you know, it, it's rare that a guy comes along who, you know, at, at that size, at that position, that you can play through as a playmaker primarily. And, you know, if, if there's any knocks on Jokic, it would be that, uh, you know, he can also be their best scorer on any given night, but he's not a particularly aggressive score because he's he's all about making the right play he's all about you know being a facilitator and there are times that they really needed that scoring now again with the emergence of michael porter jr who can jr who could drop 25 30 night um maybe Jokic can afford to just be more facilitator playmaker and now you put him out there along with porter jr and jamal murray and you've got you got three you know emerging stars who are all really young and and can grow together i mean i like the, the nuggets are just so intriguing plus they've just got such great depth that, that um, you know, going forward, if they want to make a package deal somewhere down the line, I just, I just think that they've got great possibilities there. Howard, uh, a lot of Jazz fans, they look at uh, the Nuggets as, and say thank you because it was through the Nuggets that the Jazz got their two stars, Gobert, one way or another, Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell. But you're right, man. They have... They have really made some smart decisions. You mentioned Murray. He's he's terrific in a lot of ways. And Porter. And and, and they made the right decision with Jokic, I think. I mean, it just seems like somebody's been doing a good job with them. It's a really smart front office headed by Tim Connolly, the team president, and 
you know, up until a few months ago, Arturis Karnasovas, who was the GM and who is now running Chicago Bulls. And I, I think Arturis will do a phenomenal job out there. But um, And they've just got a lot of smart people in that front office. I mean, it is, you know, look, they're, Denver's not the smallest of markets or whatever, but, I mean, it's it, because of, of there's not a massive Nuggets following and they're not, they're not on national TV every night, whatever. Like we so said, they don't get the credit that some other teams um, get, but it's, they are, they've been one of the best front offices over the last five years, both in, in the draft and in otherwise. And look, if not for the, some of their major hits, Jokic in the second round and taking the swing at Michael Porter Jr. at what, 14, 15, whatever he was taken at, um, if not for all these other hits that they made, Somebody might be saying, my gosh, how idiotic. How do you give up the pick that was Donovan Mitchell? How do you get the pick that was Rudy Gobert? You know, how, how do you build a, you know, your rival over there, basically? But no one's going to say that because they've done such an incredible job with, with everything else. And um, they're, they're, they're just in really good shape. And, you know, you look at them and you still say, okay, but they're still a notch behind, you know, the L.A. teams and whatever. Well, that, that's because the L.A. teams have the benefit of being able to grab the top free agents because they're in L.A. And that's not who the Nuggets are. They have to build organically. They have to take big swings. They have to, to, to nail it with low picks and second-round picks, and that's what they've done. And, guys, we have a little bit of breaking news. Our friend Sam Amick, or at least Sam's the first one I've seen with it, reporting that uh, Kings GM Vladi Divox is stepping down and will be uh, replaced by Joe Dumars, who will be the interim executive VP of Basketball Ops and immediately assume wow. GM duties. Your, your thoughts on that, Howard, and, and Joe Dumars getting another bite at the apple? Wow. Um, yeah, many thoughts, many thoughts. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this first. Joe Dumars, it's taken way too long for him to get another shot. And I know there are going to be people who think, well, the game has passed him by. In the meantime, he's been out of it for a long time. He's been in, you know, on the fringes of, of the game still, consulting with a couple different organizations, worked for, um, worked for an agent for a little while, too. He has not gone away. And uh, while people might pick apart his latter years with the Pistons, he did a really masterful job in, in putting together the team that – won the 2004 championship that beat the Lakers when I was covering that, that team. And, you know, that was one of the most unique champions we've seen. Um, Joe Dumars is really smart, really good guy, well-connected, and he's, he was overdue for another chance. I'm glad he's getting it. And, look, Vlade, everybody loves Vlade. There's, there's nobody in the NBA who dislikes Vlade Divac. He's a great guy, and he was a really good player. And as an ambassador of the game on many levels, he's 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 uh, admired and respected. He was never a great choice as GM. He was basically kind of a team ambassador type when they had one of their many upheavals there. And Vivek Ranadive liked Vlade and had become close to Vlade and made him GM. And, and Vlade had never done the job before. If there's one consistent thing that I'll pick apart teams for, whether it's here in New York or elsewhere, it's when teams you know make these wild leaps sometimes grabbing a guy because of a reputation for doing something else but with no experience in the front office at all and people say well what about bob myers and the Warriors?" well bob myers actually spent a year or so in the front office learning the job under 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 the gm at the time before he rose up to take the top job and neil O'Shea did the same thing with the clippers years ago before rising to the top job with the clippers now of course with the portland trailblazers um I think those apprenticeships matter, and I think they're important. And I think sometimes these, these owners overreach because they're looking for somebody who fits a certain profile or they're comfortable with them or they're a popular figure with the team in the case of Vlade. Um, 
and it, it, you know, he, Vlade made a lot of really bad early mistakes, some really just horrific moves. And then he started to learn on the job, and they started to put together a better front office around him, and they evened out, and they, they, they made some good picks. They got the Aaron Fox. I, thought, I was one who thought that the Marcus Cousins trade was a good deal even at the time, and it's, it's panned out pretty well for them overall. Um, but they just never had a consistent vision um, or, or a sense that they, that they were on the right track. So, um, yeah, it, interesting turn of events there in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Howard, one thing that Jake has pointed out, I think correctly, is these playoff matchups in the first round in the in the West, uh, every one of them is intriguing in one way or another. Well, if Portland ends up playing L.A., we'll see how it goes. But, you know, Clippers, Dallas, uh, OKC in Houston, and Jazz Nuggets, uh, th- there's something to uh, to get excited about in every one of those series. Yeah, uh, the Western Conference playoffs are going to be really fun, I think, and the East, um, two of those series are, are going to be dreadful. Like, you know, Bucks, Magic, Raptors, Nets are just going to be, like, that's brutal. And then, like, the Nets play their butts off despite the fact that they're missing everybody. Um, but I don't expect much out of those two. Uh, the other two, you know, series in the East could, could be good. Um, but the, the West is where the action is. Um, if the Blazers become the eighth seed, they are, they're going to be the rare eighth seed that's actually got, like, top four seed talent. And you know, Dame Lillard is, is just a showman and incredible. Um, I think that series against the Lakers could be fantastic. Clippers, Mavericks could be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, Luka, you know, the tough thing there, Luka having to go up against two of the elite wing defenders in the league in Kawhi and Paul George is, is, you know, that's a tall task for somebody who's never been in the NBA playoffs before. Uh, Nuggets Jazz has potential, although, you know, as you guys might guess based on my earlier comments, I, I, I think the Nuggets have a, a clear upper hand in that one. And then Thunder Rockets... The only unfortunate thing about Thunder Rockets is that there's there's no well two things one no Westbrook to start the series and we don't know how long he's out so that puts a little bit of a damper on it certainly for the Rockets um, but also you know they made that big trade these two teams with Chris Paul and Westbrook and if this were a normal year they'd be going back and forth to each other's arenas and you have Westbrook playing to the crowd that still adores him in Oklahoma and Chris Paul going back to Houston where things didn't work out so well and we're losing all that. Howard, thank you so very much, as always. And uh, next week, we'll be right in the middle of the series. Very excited. Can't wait. We'll we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Thanks, Howard. Howard. Our friend Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report. All right, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.